welcome to this week's episode of Being Human. Delighted to say I'm here with Ron Baker. He's a bioenergetics uh, therapist and also the author of Bright Lights, Big Empty, A Journey of Profound Awakening. Ron, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And um, just as I came on, I, I've got I've got to mention this, especially if you're just listening. Ron is 61 and he looks absolutely <laughs> incredible. <laughs> yeah, like, like so 40 much. something. Yeah, I mean, if, if there's a walking advertisement for the work you're doing, you know, it couldn't yes. be it couldn't be more stark. I mean, really, uh, it's you. Um, you know, yeah. it's really something. Um, and I know we're not going to be talking about such superficial things as uh, <laughs> our bodies that, today. It, but. Yeah, but it's not actually superficial because if we take care of ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, big one on emotionally, sexually and spiritually, then there's no reason why we can't sustain health and vitality and all of that. That's crucial. Yeah, no, yeah, so, yes, well, what did Oscar Wilde, uh, <laughs> I, what did Oscar Wilde say, only the shallow, uh, don't judge by appearances. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, okay. Um, all right. So let's, let, let's give, give our listeners a little bit of the background. You, you haven't always been a, a bio-energetic uh, therapist. You're, you, you've had a, a former career on the, on the stage. So should we, could you just fill people in a little bit, uh, you know, on your background uh, before we get into, uh, you know, the meat of your message? Sure. Um, I I will tie it together if I can in a simple way. When I was a little kid, I was relentlessly seeking deeper answers. I just believed that so much more was possible. And it was also possible for life to make sense. And so many things didn't make sense the way they were presented to me as a kid. So as I explored and began to awaken talents in addition to this interest, I eventually developed it enough to take me all the way into an international career, performing over 60 leading roles in opera and Broadway all over the world. And it gave me a great world education and eventually brought me into opportunities with teachers all over the place, from indigenous teachers to traditional teachers to the bioenergetics people that I studied with, etc. And while I got the world education and was up on stage expressing feelings and getting used to being in front of large groups of people, um, it was fulfilling to a point. And then I knew that I needed to take all I was learning and help other people because when I did it unofficially, it was making such a big difference that I got pulled more and more and more into wanting to help. And now it's thousands of people around the world mm. through what I call a school of self-mastery. Right. Yeah. I, and if I'm, if I'm correct from the book, there was a pivotal moment when you overheard who was to become your business partner, Rob Baker. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and you, you introduced yourself and, you know, was that the moment when things, you know, really started to, sh- to shift? It certainly was a pivotal summer when I was making my debut at Lincoln Center. We all went as a cast out of town to perform up in Saratoga Springs before we were going to make our big debuts for New York City newspapers. And while we were on the bus, I heard this man behind me speaking about a near-death experience that he had had in Thailand. 
And I was riveted to this story. It just sent off all my intuitive, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. And so as he finished the story, I turned around and I said, I have no idea who you are, but I know I'm supposed to talk to you. And that began a friendship that lasted for 22 years before he passed away and just brilliant opportunities for us to become equally curious about life. He was the first seeker I had met who was like I was as a child. And he was such a voracious uh, seeker that it was the perfect friendship for us. And so he eventually became my business partner and we formed this school of self-mastery together. Yeah. And he was a makeup artist, right? At the, one he of was. the theaters you were yeah, working he, at. He, he was the head of makeup at Lincoln Center. And both of our careers transitioned about the same time into this new arena, training people in bioenergetics and how to create personal transformation and empowerment in really rare levels of mm, safety, nurturing, intimacy with self and others. Just mm. this really, really beautiful process. Yeah. Right. Right. And and what was it then about Rob's Thailand near-death experience that, that had you hooked? Like, was there, was there something in particular? Well, I was always so spiritually open, mm. not religious, but spiritually open as a kid. And I just naturally felt connected to all of life in a different way. And then I discovered in my early 20s, long before I met Robert, that I had this capacity to feel other people and what was going on energetically in their bodies. It was a very heightened sense of being empathic or clairsentient. And so I could feel where people were in pain. I could feel where the energy was moving and it eventually opened up to where I could feel what was going on emotionally for people. And so I had to figure out ways to first turn it off because it became overwhelming. If I was in a restaurant, I would feel all the people around me and it was, it was too much. And so eventually it turned into such a great gift where I can work with my clients and open that up and help them become aware of themselves. However, all of that spiritual curiosity and awakening that came up in me made me primed and ready to hear about someone else having profound spiritual experience. And so that was what made me determined to reach out to him. Right. Yeah. Your, your senses were pigging, right? You, oh you, yeah, you, absolutely. I call it my green light. spiritual sense. Oh, that's right. Your yes. green lights. Yeah. yeah. It's when my heart opens and goes, pay attention, pay attention. <laughs> and I just feel it. So yeah. 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 And, and that started early for you, that green light. It did. Yeah. I'm so glad. Um, just early on, I had a really big BS meter that when something didn't resonate as truth, it would just create a contraction. And I would just know that that was not the deepest truth or that people were doing their best to throw out the answers that had been passed on to them. But it just didn't feel right to me. And so that kind of, uh, early intuition is what I'll call it, 
really served me well in eventually making the choices, to, for instance, to let go of my initial plan to go into medicine and to follow the path into the performing world that I did. And I can look back now in hindsight, isn't it amazing how great hindsight is? Um, and just be so grateful that I listened because the few times that I kind of just got scared or whatever and didn't follow through with the impulses to speak to someone or pass on a message or something, I would always end up regretting it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you, you get speaking to, to Robert, you, you continue this relationship. Uh, yeah. Just talk to a little bit how that early relationship evolved with Robert. Yeah. He and I became fast friends and we had both felt sort of alone in our journeys of exploring and we're thrilled to have someone else who was just as passionate about wanting to understand how life works and how people work and just wanting it to make sense. And so we began spending time when we got back to New York City because we were both involved in the theater there and I was doing any number of roles. Um, and it gave us lots of time to get to know each other. And then he invited me to his meditation groups and I got involved with the way he was becoming educated and it evolved from there. Yeah. And, and, then, and then enter Gabriel. <laughs> yes, enter Gabriel. So it's interesting to introduce people to channeling because that is a subject that is outside of a lot of people's experience. But imagine 30 years ago when this happened, it was not a big conversation on the planet at all. And so to share with all the people who are out there listening, basically, we went into this meditation group and the woman who was leading it was getting us all to close our eyes and to take deep breaths and to relax into our bodies. And not long into that process, all of a sudden I heard Robert talking and I couldn't imagine why he would have interrupted the woman leading this. And so I opened my eyes immediately and realized that how he was speaking sounded like him, but the way he was speaking, the vocabulary was clearly quite different than the Robert I knew. And as it turns out, this was Robert's very first experience of having an energy connect with his body that turned out to be Archangel Gabriel. Now, I was intrigued being a seeker, but I was also, I wouldn't call it skeptical, but I was wanting to feel it out and I wasn't going to just jump in without learning to trust this. And so eventually over a few weeks time, when he would ask that energy to come, I mean, again, I got a chance to ask tons and tons of questions. And Gabriel basically said, we're here because your planet is going through such an acceleration and such a shift. And it's a huge opportunity more than people realize. And unless you have the education about what's happening, you won't know how to work with these energies nearly as effectively. And so... What's happening is that you're going through a period of evolution that's raising energy and you need to learn how to work with that energy. Otherwise, all of you have your habitual protection, 
and defense. And if all that energy is smashing against resisted energy, you're going to be in trouble. So we're coming through you and a number of other sources on the planet to educate you about how to resolve your wounded emotional stuff, how to heal your fear, how to heal your shame. Because all of you, his message said, all of you carry various levels of fear and shame. And so it was just invaluable how it was so practical and loving and clear and layer by layer, thousands of hours of education were passed on. And it turned out to be so effective, not only for Robert and myself, but for the people with whom I was sharing that information. Everyone was making such unprecedented breakthroughs and expansions and feeling so much safer and more grounded that I eventually said, okay, I may not go around telling everyone that I'm having a conversation with an archangel, but ultimately I don't care where the information is coming from because it's so loving and empowering. And so eventually I grew into a comfort and I'm perfectly fine telling people when it's relevant. And if people want to read this book, Bright Lights, Big Empty, then they would need to know that they're going to have the opportunity to go through my journey from the beginning of being educated and bringing through some of the highlights of that education so that they too can find out watching me go through the journey from wounded child to empowered adult even into the initiations of soul consciousness, which is what is awakening on the planet in a way that it never has in our history. And so you get to watch me go through it and see how safe it is to go through such a process. Right. And you talk about you being comfortable to share, but I was, I was uncomfortable just getting you on the show. Now you're going to talk about angels. I'm just like uncomfortable listening to it. Of course. So, so, and I just, I just be, but, I, but I, but I'm also you know really open and and deeply yeah. intrigued, right? Like I this experience you stretching, have. yeah. Because people, it doesn't matter if they focus on the Gabriel part of it. It really doesn't matter, and Gabriel cer- certainly doesn't need the validation. But just to get wiser, clearer information about self mm. and how to connect to self and create intimacy of self, because. I don't know about you, but I've taught thousands of people around the world, and I went to school and got three degrees all the way to my doctorate. Not one course ever talked about self or how to connect to self, much less the inner self. And so how great to find out that that is what makes all the difference in the world, because Mm -hmm. then we have this beautiful safety and self-value to bring into our relationships and our jobs and our situations with others that just makes it so much more meaningful and safe to live fully. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, well, that was extraordinary about the book was you you keep getting these messages from Gabriel and, Mm -hmm. and they're really practical, right? They are practical. I (laughs) love practical. Try that. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, so I found that fascinating. Um, and, and I'm sure we're going to, we can get into all of that, but I'm, 
you know, I think for the curiosity, well, my curiosity, and maybe listeners curiosity, just to explore Gabriel himself a little more. Like, did you like who is the Archangel Gabriel, and what's the what's the back you know, his backstory? And yeah, how did course. you sort of learn that it was him speaking? If it is indeed a him, I mean, uh, it's not a him, right? And and it's interesting that we live in a time where people are discussing pronouns mm. all the time, and is it a he, a she, or a them? If somebody doesn't want to be limited and all that stuff, it's interesting. Gabriel refers to a we consciousness. We are Gabriel and we are known. And it's because it's like a collective energy, not a specific personality. And Gabriel's particular focus is on relationship, the relationship to self, the relationship of self to everything else. And he said, you may have heard of us from reading the story of the birth of Jesus. That's where most people know of Gabriel. Mm. The people who are from Islam know of Gabriel from the Quran. But most of the people in the United States would have heard of Gabriel from this talking to Mary and saying that there's going to be this child born. So he said, I'm referring to him as a he just because it's simpler. So he said to us, we came at that time to announce the birth of a Christed or soul-connected energy, because Christ and soul basically mean the same thing. It's a level of consciousness. So when you open to your fullest level of consciousness and you open to your potentials that are trying to awaken, all of you can become soul-connected in a much more direct way. We, Gabriel, came to announce the birth of this teacher named Jesus, mm. who was going to embody the potentials of soul in a way that hadn't been done before. And so when one can imagine 50, no, let's go back 75 years ago, flying to the moon, it would have seemed like a miracle. Mm. And yet, once we'd done it, it wasn't a miracle. It was just, wow, look at what is possible. Gabriel explains, when someone opens to more potential, someone who can't relate would go, that's miraculous. But not if you grow yourself into that potential a step at a time. So the teacher that came 2,000 years ago embodied the qualities of the heart, the compassion, the forgiveness, all of those things. Not about religion, just about human heart relation. Right. And also demonstrated the steps that are required, but that's too complicated. So many things about even saying the things that I have done, you shall be able to do as well eventually. And that is referring to this time where so much more potential is opening. So Gabriel said, we've come back at this time to announce the birth of the Christ soul energy once again, but not as a teacher. This is now mass consciousness is being introduced to these higher levels of energy. 
So if you just want a practical way to understand this is happening, just look at the last 30 years compared to the last 3,000 years. We have awakened consciousness and information and made more discoveries and opened into possibilities that people in the 1980s and 90s could not even imagine. And yet we take it for granted that we can pick up a cell phone and hit a button and mm. send something and go all these things were not possible. They are becoming possible because as we open our consciousness, we naturally move into the discovery of these potentials. And so in 30 years compared to 3000 years, quantum awakening. Now, the other side of that is in those same 30 years, we have more accelerated physical ailments and disease on the planet. Mm. We have accelerated challenges on the planet. We have the planet herself in major crisis in so many mm. ways. Mm. And that is because if we don't open and learn how to work with what is happening, it creates greater and greater friction and breakdown in the body. And this is what we're seeing so much of. And yet, if we do seek out the information about how to move energy in our bodies, not only do we look much younger than we would habitually, yes. but we feel vital. As an example, I've only been sick two days in 25 years. Right. And one of those was food poisoning. So it wasn't mm. even really being sick. And so this is what is possible just on a practical level for each of us as individuals. We have greater vitality, greater health, greater enlivening or youthening kind of energy. And we're not in so much friction. So there's a bunch of seeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's such a rich message, you know, that it you're is. sharing with me. It's it like, is, yeah, well, yeah, which part do I bite on? I think the, <laughs> the, that initial moment, though, and I'm just relating this to my own experience, is that you hear your friend Robert, he starts talking, it's, it's his, he's speaking in a different way, but it is him talking. Yep. I, I'm imagining if I'm in that situation, like my first thought is going to be, yeah, but is this not just like another part of his personality? Like, can, can, could this really be like some other energy that's now in like yeah what was it i suppose what how did you make sense of it yeah um in a way that might make sense to somebody like me who's like yes you know, pretty course. skeptical about the initial you know well occurrence. even even if robert was just opening to his own higher self or soul consciousness mm. excuse me he would have been aware of potentials of self that he could have talked about but he certainly wouldn't have been connected to the planetary shifts and what was going to be taking place. And Gabriel started talking in the early 1990s about, we want to give you a head start on what you can expect on the planet. We want to talk about what will be opening. And we want to talk about the conflicted energies that will happen as well if people go into resistance to change and expansion. And he literally talked about things that sounded like science fiction to us. And yet we took it in. We're like, okay, we heard you. We heard you. 
And then literally not one thing that he shared has not been accurate to what was going to be happening on the planet. Mm. Then he eventually got us to lead journeys to particular places like the Great Pyramids of Egypt or Machu Picchu, Peru. At certain times when an acceleration was going to be happening, we literally experienced miraculous things. Why do I say miraculous? Because they were so far out of what was normal for me. And how great to get to witness and see things that just say, this is possible. This is possible too. This is possible. And now you've actually experienced it. And he said, why are we giving you such big signs on these journeys? Number one, we want you to be beyond a shadow of a doubt clear that this is real and this is happening and it is going to impact the whole planet. Number two, when it is time, which is talking about now, mm. for you to go out in the world and begin to share this message in a bigger way, which is what inspired me to write the book. Mm. You'll have a lot of really cool stories to share people and get their attention because you've experienced it. It's not something that is just conceptual. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And how did Robert feel about this? Like, does, does he, is he like, can he remember what Gabriel said? Or like, no. how does that go transition back to Robert's work? Yes. Robert is, was what we call a full trance channel meaning the energy would come in and be so powerful, he needed to get out of the way so he didn't impact the information. And so Gabriel explained it was like a radio receiver and the dial would get turned to a certain station. Well, there's other possibilities on a radio, but if you're not turned to that particular dial, then you don't hear all of this. And so it was like Robert's consciousness was not on the same dial, and Gabriel got received through him, and Robert was totally unconscious about what was being said. And so the very first time it happened, he opened his eyes and the whole group was staring at him, and he thought, oh my God, I must have fallen asleep and started snoring or something. And we said, no, guess what happened? <laughs> he thought we were totally joking with him and trying to pull one on him, we're like, nope, I'm afraid this actually happened. And he didn't know what to do with it at all. And so the woman leading the meditation said, Robert, why don't you ask Gabriel to come through a few days from now, after you've had time to live with this potential? And Ron can come and record the session, and you can listen and hear what's actually happening. And so he was willing to do that, and that's what began the whole deal. And so he was thrilled to have the information and overwhelmed that it was coming through him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's his reaction when he hears the yeah. playback? Like, yeah. If you think it's challenging for you and me to consider, imagine your yeah. own voice is speaking and you're like, what? <laughs> that must be extraordinary. Um, it was, yeah. But, but he was obviously willing to go with it, right? He wasn't like, yes, oh, screw resistant. this. This is just too far out. Forget no. this. I'm out. Right. Be because he had had a near-death experience where he literally 
found himself floating above his own physical body. He saw it in the bed below. And then he went through the tunnel of light people talk about and eventually went into this space. He said it was the most connected, beautiful, loving, peaceful, transcends words experience that he'd ever imagined. And then soon into that experience, he heard telepathically in his head, you must go back. You have not yet learned how to love. At which point he found himself in his body, which was starting to become mobile and waking up again. Then things began to happen in his life. And so he was sort of used to some things happening before this channeling took place. And so I feel sure that the first step was necessary in order for him to truly embrace the opportunity once Gabriel was coming through. Yeah, it's like you have to, it seems to me, and a lot of the books I've read of other sort of spiritual you know, gurus or, or you know, people, adepts, or what, they, they seem to have had some, some experience that sort of shattered their sense of materiality, right? That's opened them up to yeah. like a bigger idea of, of reality. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they're able to have these adventures yeah. <laughs> that go beyond the physical somehow. Yes. And yeah. everybody's wake up call is different. But for instance, mine sort of came in the awakening to be able to feel other people and their bodies. And it's such a beautiful thing to be able to help the people around you. I, as an example, play tennis all the time. And I am at the tennis courts and in a group clinic or something, and someone will get hurt. And I'll go over and we'll help them energetically resolve it. And the pain goes away and they're amazed at what is possible. But it's just creating more flow in their bodies and helping them to relax where they were traumatized or created a grip. And, and can you, so, okay, that's interesting. It's helped. So can you see colors or like, how can you see this energetic disturbance? So there are different kinds of energetic intuition. One is clairvoyant, which is where you see energy. One is clairaudient, where you hear guidance from either your higher self or another being. And one is clairsentient, where you feel the energy. I personally am sometimes open to all three, but I'm more clairaudient and clairsentient. And so... When I open up and feel, I'll often get messages about what it is that I'm perceiving so that I can pass that on to the person and they can work with me. Because what I found is that when I was working with people with massage and energy, for instance, I'm a Reiki mm. master and working with energy and massage, I could make someone open and their pain would disappear. But then they would recreate similar situations because they weren't aware why they were holding the energy that way. So when I began to inform them more fully about why, and they could go, oh, that makes great sense. And now I have this alternative and I can relax and let go of that. Then people started to make real progress rather yeah. than just constantly healing the symptom, but not the source level. Right, right. Well, maybe that's a good a good segue into that 
part of your story, right? When when yeah. Gabriel started to suggest that you go back and and look at your early years uh, and start to address that, yeah, could you share a little bit more about that part? Of the, the sure. Um, let me share a very simple map of self. There are three primary levels of self, and I've given them simple words rather than more complicated versions of the same thing. And Mm. it's child, adult, and soul. This ultimately is the subconscious, conscious, and superconscious minds, but that already puts us in our heads, but we can Mm. relate to child, adult, and soul. And so the way our lives are structured is that we're on soul journeys that last for tons of lifetimes because there's so much to learn and so many facets of life to explore. And I was grateful for this because when I was a little kid, it just didn't make any sense to me if we got one lifetime, why somebody lived three months and another person lived a hundred years. Just was seemed so random and unfair. But within a soul journey, we create the curriculum that we need as the perfect next steps of our journey. Mm. And so we choose the setup with mommy and daddy that are going to set up the challenges and the potential gifts for the lifetime. And so we have all these experiences and we have lived on a, in a world where people haven't known how to nurture self or others in the nine levels that we actually need. When we don't get nurtured, we end up going into protection mode. And it doesn't mean anybody has a bad intention, but if you just don't know how to recognize nine nurturing needs, then you can't really provide them. Like if I asked you to teach me to build a jet engine right now, you could have the best of intentions, but you wouldn't be able to teach Mm -hmm. me. So when we don't get the levels of nurturing we need as a child, we go into protection contraction and we create experiences of specific fear and we personalize it all and end up shaming parts of self that don't seem lovable. And so when we squash all that and bury it in the subconscious, That becomes the programming for the lifetime. It's the hard drive of our nervous system. So then we have adulthood where we grow into more capacity mentally to understand. We have more options and choices to seek out the deeper answers, such as what I was doing and what thousands of people have done seeking me out. And so we have this adult opportunity to face similar situations to childhood. Mm. So as an example, if we had a parent that was very unavailable emotionally, we're going to naturally attract friends and partners who are unavailable emotionally. Why is that? It gives us a chance to face the same setup, but to seek deeper answers and begin to negotiate it without having to personalize, this equals I'm not lovable. As a child, we might think, oh, well, they would be there for me if only I were different, if only I were actually lovable. This is a myth in every possible way. 
But we've naturally set up the curriculum well by personalizing it. So then in adulthood, we can begin to explore much deeper. As an example, you can ask an adult, do you think if your parents had given birth to any great personality that you know of from history or present, that they would have known how to nurture and prepare that person any differently than they knew how to prepare you? No. Have they, in their present life, learned how to value self in a huge way? No. And so it's like, oh, it wasn't all about me. But this set up my lessons, so now I need to go and seek out deeper truths. So to get all the way back to your question, you said, okay, in your book, Gabriel says, okay, you've learned a bunch of tools. Now we want you to do a life review of everything from the beginning to present day. And this allowed me to see the specific soul setup, the specific challenges that were there, such as I had a father who never said one thing to me growing up except to bark orders like go mow the grass or take out the trash. Not one conversation with me. And that was so invalidating, I can hardly say. He was right there for the first 13 years of my life, and just, I was irrelevant. And so I could look back and see the challenges that were set up and could eventually see how I started to recreate in my adult life, but I had choices now, and I could go back and reparent the inner child. I could go back and offer the child part of me all nine levels of nurturing that had been missing. And by creating the experience, it doesn't matter if I'm getting it directly from mommy, daddy, or if I'm learning to be the nurturing authority, just like it doesn't matter if you know when you go to a movie that that's not real, your body still goes through the release of all the hormones that come from watching that scary movie. And it takes time to process all of that. So similarly, we can go back and imagine and offer and learn how to nurture self and value self and introduce deeper truths, such as, little one, it wasn't about you the whole time that dad didn't say anything to you. He just didn't know how. He didn't have a father when he was little. His father died when he was young, and he had to just work so hard on a farm just for survival levels. And even though he is super intelligent and got a master's degree way back before everybody was doing that, he has no idea. And so about nurturing mm. and parenting. And so little one, it wasn't about you. So I'm going to show up as the nurturing authority for you, like I was always intended to become because every adult is intended to be their own nurturing authority, then we can allow ourselves to be nurtured by others, yeah. but we're still responsible for self. Mm. And so I went to each and every 
core challenge throughout my childhood, adolescence, and into adult. And I show people in the book how that's possible and how safe it is to look and admit the challenges that were there and how we can all relate to each other in levels of fear and shame. Your challenges don't need to be the same as mine, but the same nurturing approach works for everyone. And I know that's true, again, from having worked with thousands of people. Yeah. Yeah. And um, well, two things really struck me like from, from the book and what you've just shared is, well, one is, and this, this, is, this matches with my experience of doing this, this healing work, is, mm-hmm. is that need to let all of, the, all of the feelings come up. Yes. And let yourself cry those tears and, and be there for your own grief. Um, yes. If I can jump in on that, it's such an important one. What I do in order for that to be safer than just opening up the old wounding mm. is I teach adults how to connect with their feelings now. So everybody who's listening out there at the moment Just ask yourself, can you name three to five feelings that you are having right now in this moment? Most people don't have the vocabulary, but let's be silent for a few seconds and let the listeners see if they can name three to five feelings right now. Most people discover wow, I'm not very emotionally aware or connected to myself. And so by teaching someone, as an example, right now in this moment, as I just focus on my time with you, Richard, I go, right now I feel open, connected, seen, grateful, loving, quiet, trusting, courageous, authentic. People don't even use these words because they don't come to mind in our conversations. And yet that's because when we were little kids, nobody knew how to nurture us emotionally in this way. When you were three, I would say, Richard, I see that you're feeling sad. Oh, that's what that is. And just like going, this is a nose, this is an ear, this is a chin, we would go, this is what sad feels like. This is what excited feels like. This is what joy feels like. And we would have been taught an entire emotional awareness. But if mommy and daddy were never taught and they were afraid of the parts that didn't seem lovable to their parents, then we just stay in fear and shame, personalizing that somehow we need to avoid all those feelings. And we've lived on a rather primitive emotional level of learning, it seems to me. And yet when people find out as adults, not one single feeling is threatening to our adult reality, then it feels safer to go back in to the history. And you show up like the parent that would have been there saying, I see that you feel sad. Oh, I've been holding on to this for decades. I know, and I'm here as the adult, and it's safe for you to feel this and release it, and I'm going to allow it to come through my body 
and you will get held and seen and acknowledged in total compassion. This is the difference rather than just going to open the wound prior to the adult already feeling safe. Right. And that makes complete sense in terms of not that I was doing it intentionally, but I just think of my journey and I, I started off in codependency groups and yes. we'd, like, we'd have to start the meeting like, how are you feeling? And I'd be like, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> that's all I could do. So that's my only, rece- only answer to that question. Yes. And so they yeah, started giving it. us these like printout sheets where you had like yes. 40 I feel yes. statements and it yes. was like, okay, just, just choose one of those. Choose one. Yes. <laughs> that's how I started. I can yes. remember so clearly like that was that was like this massive breakthrough. Just you had yes, to like it is. pick from a list. It is. Oh, that's exactly what mommy and daddy would have been teaching us. Right. From a from a simple list into a more extensive list. So I also mm. give my clients lists. Okay. <laughs> God, the same thing. But yeah, and that's how I started that I got into the in yeah, I guess I guess now I could make sense of that, that that actually helped yeah. Yeah, later when I got into the much the much deeper work. I'd already yeah. developed that capability, but yeah, yes. it's, it's, it's interesting how many of us don't have that, even the words, right? The vocabulary and let alone the, the connection to the sensation. Um, and yeah. people find it very surprising because they assume, of course, yes, I know feelings, of course. Mm. And most people can't name what they're feeling right now. Well, this week I felt a little, but in this moment, mm. haven't known how. Yeah. And that's the only way to be truly intimate and make this moment even more meaningful is to have your experience of it and then to share your experience when you're ready for that. Then we really get to know each other. If I just say to you, yeah, this morning I went and played tennis and then I went to lunch at a restaurant, um, I ate a vegan meal and now I'm here. It's like, you don't know a thing about. But if I say I went and played tennis, And I was so frustrated with a certain thing I was working on, and I had to nurture myself through that. And then as I did, and I loosened up, then it was so exciting, and I discovered this about myself. Then we start to get to know each other. Right. Yeah. And that is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. It just opens a whole new dimension to life. Yeah. Yeah. Because people wonder why they get bored in relationships, and it's because... They're not constantly discovering and feeding the relationships that they're in. Mm. So I know my 10 facts about myself and that's all I can share. And then what are we going to talk about? I guess we better talk about Sally, Fred and George. And it's like not feeding the relationship and it's not nearly so fulfilling. And so we think, oh, I guess this relationship has done its full capacity and I need to go find someone else. No, you won't have more capacity with someone else until you learn how to connect to self. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the other thing I got from your, you sharing your experience of going you know, back through your, the review of your life was after a while, you switched from negative to positive, right? And you started scanning for the positive experiences. And that was something I've never done, right? All of my therapeutic work has always been like, find the pain, dig out the pain, grieve it. And of course, I've had this enormous release from it, but I was crying, like tears. I was listening to it on audiobook on the drive. I'm, you know, just out of town right now. And and just starting to touch into those moments in childhood where I just had joy. And I was just thinking about like this 
BMX, this wood that was out the back of my friend's house in the next yes. village. And we took our BMXs yeah. up there and we rode round and round the wood. And I just allowed myself to be back in that wood, just absolutely loving cycling so around the trick the track and, and tears were streaming. And I'm, I just realized that's been, and it's not like I've, I've never done any of that work before it's, but it, it, I've never really done it intentionally of, of, well, no, let's, let's really look at the positive and the joyful and feel all of that and celebrate that. Yes. Yes. It's so important. Um, I've even had clients come to session and go, I don't really have anything to talk about this week. And I go, what do you mean? Were you dead this last two weeks? And they go, well, no, but nothing's going wrong. And I'm like, oh, I've done you such a disservice if that's the impression you have. Let's talk about what's working well. Let's claim it. Let's see why it's working well so that you can make sure you're in ownership of that Mm. and self-acknowledgement and self-celebration. Wow, I took a really distinct step. I'm so proud of myself. These are super important things to feel. Oh, no, it's selfish to focus on self, so many will say. And I go, whoever came up with this concept was clearly stuck in shame because it is so completely necessary and crucial if we're truly going to awaken and evolve into more meaningful, fulfilling lives. We must learn how to acknowledge and celebrate self. And then we can balance enough to hold a space for the wound. So that's not Mm. so scary. Mm. It's Mm. really so important that both sides get honored. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, that's that's, that's such an important point. Um, So, yeah. And, and, and I guess then the, the bigger picture for what, for, in terms of what you're offering is, you know, for somebody like me who's done a, t- a ton of trauma work, right, and I've, I've resolved all kinds of wounds and healed them, but I've never seen it really in the context of a, of a soul journey, right? I might mm-hmm. use as a shorthand, oh, I'm, you know, I'm liberating my soul or mm-hmm. it's good for my soul, right? In, but people but don't no, know what it means yeah. in practical terms. So I guess what is a soul what is a, a soul journey and, and why are those things like important to, to consider? A small question. <laughs> so imagine that you're six years old and I say to you, Richard, there's an adult held inside you. This would be so confusing to a six-year-old and they'd be like, what? And I don't know what that means, and I have no context, and and yet, you're here in the same body that you were when you were six, and it has evolved into a certain level of your potential as an adult. Now, most people grow into adult bodies, but don't grow into adult consciousness nearly to the depth that we can. Mm. Or just if we go back to the emotional example, clearly hitting, uh, meeting people that are emotionally integrated adults is quite rare today. And it needs to become quite common today. And so there's all this potential that you've grown into that you would have had no way of knowing. So now when I say to you as the adult, There's a soul held inside you. It is exactly the same 
what does it mean? I don't have any way of relating to what that is or what the experience would be or what the capacities I'm going for. This is why it's so important to have the education because if we don't have a clear map, we kind of just go for the obvious outer structures and hope that will fulfill us. And it doesn't fulfill us without the inner connection. Just looking at the international career I had with all that success and signing autographs. And I was well known in that world. And I was so empty on the inside, which is why the title of the book is Bright Lights, Big Empty. And so I needed the education to learn how to connect to self so that no matter what I'm doing, I could fill that. So now we come out to soul. I had no idea what soul meant when I started the education for these last 30 years. However, when I was a little kid and I didn't understand one lifetime to try and get it all right in order to avoid an eternity of punishment, because unless I get it right, I'm not going to get to go get the reward. Well, how much growth potential is there in getting either three months or a hundred years of learning if we don't have the education about self and then we're just supposed to move on to an eternity? What? It just made no sense to me. And so eventually I discovered my own soul intuition was saying, no, 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 that is not the deepest truth. Seek. You will find deeper answers. Keep seeking. Keep seeking. Open and consider and see what resonates. And so eventually I had the opportunity of an archangel, but I was already discovering pieces and parts by seeking out teachers, just as people have sought me out as a teacher. But ultimately, the soul is merely the next level of potential for understanding self and life. And it exists in seeing the perfection of the challenges, the gifts, the learning curve, moving through all the steps with all the players, it can become so complex to explain, just like if we tried to explain adulthood to a six-year-old. But the greatest thing is that the clearer we get on the inside, the more we awaken into a capacity for authenticity, for embracing the wound and the greatness of self, for learning how to create intimacy with others beyond fear and shame, to just show up and love your life more and more every single day. And then when wonderful things happen, self is still the priority. I'll give you a clear example. One week into my book being released, I found out that it became an Amazon number one bestseller. And I was like, oh, that's so great. What time does tennis start? It didn't determine my worth and value. It was just great that people are hungry and want the information 
and that it creates an opportunity for dialogue and sharing and helping more people. But great. And now what about these other parts of my life that I love and people that I love? And in the most evolved parts of myself, it becomes quite simple motivations. People go, what drives you? What are your goals? And I go, I don't have tons of specific goals of I have to be at this level and I have to reach this many people and I have to make this much money. I trust the flow of life in a different way and those things are coming. What is important to me is to love and value wherever I go. And so all the tennis people get loved. <laughs> they're not used to it, but they're getting loved. <laughs> all the podcasters are getting loved. I'm like, let's hug. <laughs> no, it's so, so beautiful to see people whether it's the person behind the deli counter, and truly see them as a being of value means so much in the simple application of the most evolved parts of ourselves. Because we're no longer stuck in the agenda like I was. I have to prove my worth to compensate for the fact that my father never said a thing to me. I have to prove, prove, prove. And I was doing that. And no matter how far I got, I was still on a hamster wheel of proving because I wasn't in a process of owning my own value. And so it's all about love and value, but in very practical ways. It's not some airy-fairy woo-woo thing. It's very nurtured, practical, and it makes our lives just get better and better and better in a reliable way. And that's what I love. My clients all say that that has become their reality. And I don't know tons of people who claim such a thing. And it's so beautiful to watch because we are so much more alike and have the same foundational needs to grow into an eventual understanding that we are eternal beings and we have as many first grade lifetimes as we need. And when we're ready, we naturally begin to focus on second grade lifetime stuff just to keep the metaphor of school and learning and growth and that we can go as far as we choose. And now on the planet, all this energy is moving and it is awakening us. And we're either going to go into deeper contraction out of fear of change or we're going to gather the information to learn how to work with it and go on the most meaningful ride ever. And that's why I'm here. And that's why I wrote this book, Bright Lights Begin. Right. Right. And, and so I think what I'm taking from that is it's something about understanding and consciousness. So adulthood is about integrating emotionally, becoming mature in our act, interactions, seeing the patterns from childhood. And this, this soul evolution is about seeing a sort of spiritual perfection or a perfection in all things. Yes. That's the yes. sort of beyond this, this maturity that we find as an adult. It allows our childhood to make sense. It allows the opportunity of the learning curve of adulthood to make sense. And it allows so much more connection to all of life and the sacredness of one another and of life around us 
in a very practical way. It also opens up other gifts like being clairvoyant, clairsentient, telepathic, etc. It also opens up lots of potentials that might seem intimidating to put out there and talk about too much because believe me, I love when my clients are with me long enough that we can begin the practical application of this soul level and that they begin exploring and awakening their gifts at this level. Some people have heard of this process as one of ascension, moving from survival consciousness into an ascension. And then they start talking about multidimensionality, but it doesn't have any practical concepts. And so, yes, ascension is rising to a new level of consciousness and you are ascending and you can eventually awaken the soul directly into the body and be aware on more and more levels and to love at depths that sometimes make me feel so full. I think I can't even contain it. And it's so, so, so beautiful. It's, it, I mean, I'm inspired, right? I am, I am, I am, nice. I'm, I'm inspired and somewhat, yeah, a little intimidated, right? And, and, and then curious yeah. because, because I feel like, you know, and this isn't about like assessing, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of on the way as an adult, right? Like I, I've, I've yeah. integrated a ton yeah. of stuff from my childhood. I, I feel like I've got a level of emotional maturity. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I meditate, I do yoga and I'm like, well, when's this like, spiritual awakening thing gonna happen like where's my where's my moment with gabriel it's uh yeah i get that that's that's where i'm at and i and uh, yes yeah i i mean i i think hearing you speak um gives me some inkling of of if there is another level to get to what that might look like but i've kind of acutely aware i've not really had any experiences at that level so it's all just yes. sort of speculation well it's a negotiation of what you're ready for next. And so when we first started talking about an archangel, it sort of scared you and put you into skepticism, et cetera. And so that's totally cool. That's, I'm maybe ready to begin that conversation. But the bottom line is, you have been on a spiritual journey of awakening from day one. Your soul set up your childhood. Your soul has been behind the scenes responsible for each step. And then you have free will to make choices to respond, to say yes, to say no, to decide which directions to go. It is in our hands as personalities, but eventually the soul and the personality begin to meld and we just naturally, just like the child into adult. Eventually, the wiser choices of adult begin to transcend some childish choice we would make that's not going to set us up well. But we only know that because we've made the choice and we go, yeah, I don't really want to go there so much. The soul is the same thing. And so we begin to make what choice is going to set this up for the greatest depth of opportunity to love and value. And that is the greatest awakening that we could have. It doesn't matter if Ron is saying it to you or Archangel Gabriel is saying it to you. It's the same information. And trust me, 
It did not give me any shortcuts to be talking to an archangel. As a matter of fact, it put the, the hot seat right there constantly. But he said, this is what you've chosen in your life to become a teacher at these levels. So mm. you've got to be prepared in so many ways. And so <laughs> I like to think that I got a quantum level of lessons. <laughs> 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 to oh, set you up. I wasn't right. laughing about it 20 years ago. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. You, it, yeah. Sounds like you had a, you know, for what comes out in the book, you know, you had a, a lot to deal with. And, yeah. Um, well, and giving up such a, you know, the choices you were faced with in terms of where, where you were, right? And, and yes. all that that gave you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's an exciting time when we have a clear map. And when we have some nurturing tools that we can grow as much, as fast, or as slowly, and to whatever level we decide is enough in this lifetime. Right. But the energy is moving, and we do have to negotiate the energy on the planet that is awakening, and it'll either put us into greater resistance and friction, or it will put us into greater flow and awakening. Those are the two choices, really, that face us. And that totally resonates. I mean, it, does, it just feels like we're in an age of, of things speeding up. And, and yes. it's, it's not like 50-50, but a big chunk of, the, of, of society and just seems to be getting more and more fearful. And, and, yes, and, and, and they they there's this the great expansion on the other side. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and this is natural if we don't understand what's happening, why it's happening, how it can enhance us, then mm -hmm. we resist change. And this is a tragedy when the information is available if we seek it out. So yeah. that's why I've dedicated my life to this and let go of the performing career. Uh, it was a lot more glamorous to be in the performing career. <laughs> But this is so meaningful, so meaningful. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, yeah. Wow, fantastic. I feel like, well, yeah. <laughs> I feel <laughs> that, like we, that this, was this, a lot of seeds. Yeah, yeah, it's given me a lot, a lot to, uh, to plant, a lot mm. to plant. So thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, uh, I'm feeling, yeah, energized. Uh, excited, excited about you know what this message might mean for me. Awesome, and uh, yeah, That's and great, and point. grateful for uh, yeah what you've put together. And you've made mm -hmm. like anybody who's listening who's like, I guess if you've got this far in the podcast, you're probably half half <laughs> bought in. But <laughs> if you've ever thought like, oh god, not not a book about bloody angels. If, if that's where you're at, and you had to pick one book to read, <laughs> you know this is this. This is practical. It makes and, total. And the it book really sense. isn't about angels at and, all, and, it, and it's not about angels. In the end, which, which is which, which no. is uh, which you're saying. I had a teacher, exactly. And so it could be anybody's journey, but I take you step by step by step what the journey and the map looks like, and that's why yeah. it's invaluable. It, it, I mean, it is, and um, yeah, just um, and even just talk about you. what's going on on the planet and why. All of yeah. that's in there in part three. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's um, yeah. It, it, it was a gift that I got to read it, and uh, and, and especially so that I get to have had this conversation with you about it. So <laughs> again, very grateful.
Yes. Good. Me Any too. parting words, Ron? Uh, anything we haven't touched on you want to share? Or? No, I have a, a little mantra that I created on my website. <clears throat> if it's okay, I'll say sure. ronbaker.net. Of course, yeah. And we'll Just put a link name. to that and the yeah. book. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it is choose well. What sets you up well? Pay attention. Choose well. Live fully. Show up. Live fully. And be good to you. That's the starting place. And that approach is just so helpful to come back to. Choose well. Live fully. Be good to you. All right. Thank you. Thanks again. Uh, It's been wonderful. Thank you. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.
The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.